Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. Hello everyone and welcome back to the Beyond Markets podcast. My name is Aaron from Julius Baer Singapore and today we would like to feature a special podcast on mental health in celebration of World Mental Health Day which is set for 10th of October annually. The day is meant to raise awareness of mental health issues around the world and to mobilize efforts in support of mental health. As such, I have the privilege to introduce our guest speaker today, Bobby Tang from Human Dynamic. Bobby is a psychology-trained clinical counselor, certified hypnotherapist and timeline therapist, and NLP master coach and trainer. Today's podcast is on improving our mental health and resiliency. So we will tap on Bobby's experience to delve deeper into understanding about mental health, mental wellness, and some coping techniques. Welcome to the show, Bobby. Hi, Aaron. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Let's start. If you could frame the context for our listeners, what is mental health? I'll use a definition from the World Mental Health Organization. Mental health is a state of mental well-being that enables people to cope with the stresses of life, realize their abilities, learn well and work well, and contribute to the community. It is an integral component of health and well-being that underpins our individual and collective abilities to make decisions, build relationships, and shape the world we live in. Thanks for that, Bobby. So, according to the World Health Organization, the COVID-19 pandemic had created a global crisis for mental health fueling short- and long-term stresses and undermining the mental health of millions. Estimates put the rise in both anxiety and depressive disorders at more than 25% during the first year of the pandemic. This means now, even more than ever, it's increasingly important for us to pay close attention to the critical importance of mental health in our society. So Bobby, today I'd like to start with awareness. I think there's a social stigma associated around mental health and understanding our biases first is important for us to approach this topic. So Bobby, if you could share some common misconceptions that you've come across regarding mental health. I think the greatest misconception about mental health is that people think that it's only for crazy people or people with mental illnesses. And this stigma actually prevents people from actually getting the help they need. The truth is, everyone has mental health. And the truth being told, maybe I'll just put it across to you, Aaron. When, when was the last time you went to see a doctor just off the top of your head? I believe that was like last month. All right. And what was the reason for seeing a doctor? I had a cold, so I went to see the doctor. So in a way... You were sick, you went to see a doctor, you had some symptoms, exactly. they gave you some medication. So that, that's still a very reactive component. Whereas the HPB actually recommends that you go and see a doctor for a full body checkup once every six months. So that's at least twice a year. It's the same thing with mental health. You know, reaching out to a therapist, a counsellor doesn't necessarily mean that you are sick or you have any issues. Because by the time it becomes overwhelming, it might be too late. Okay, so I certainly agree, Bobby. I think the preventive aspect of mental health is very important. Now, so something I've also heard about is that mental illnesses are caused by stress. What are your thoughts on this? I would say that mental illnesses may or may not be caused by stress. 
However, stress is definitely a component that is uh, very prevalent in people's mental well-being. Number one, we tend to throw out the word stress a lot, very frequently. It's like, hey, the train's very packed today. I'm very stressed. I'm reaching work. I'm going to be late. I'm very stressed. I'm queuing up for my favorite kopi. It's going to be 30 minutes. I'm going to be even more late. I'm very stressed. But then when we put out all these words, you know, th these words do carry certain meaning. But I'll put it to you this way, Aaron. What do you think stress is? I think stress is the feeling of not being able to control something that might happen. Fair enough. And I'll put it to you this way once again. Stress is actually a mental issue because number one, it's not the stresses that actually cause us to feel like that. Everyone has pressures in life. These kind of pressure, you have pressure from society, you have pressure from deadlines, you have pressure from bills. We deal with pressure all the time. But the issue becomes bigger when these kind of pressure becomes overwhelming. That becomes stress. So yeah, I think uh, that's a good point, Bobby. The framing of how we approach issues, our perspectives, does actually translate into how we actually react and how we feel about situation. Okay, so thanks for that, Bobby. And uh, I think something I've also heard as well is um, there's an impression that mental illnesses are uncommon. So what would you say to that? I would say that um, this is actually a very interesting statement. Mental illnesses is actually a lot more prevalent than we think, especially in a study in, I think, the early 2000s. Initially, it was one in eight people actually suffer from mental illnesses. In 2016, I think there was a study done in Singapore. It's actually one in six people who actually suffer from mental illnesses. However, it's not these numbers that's concerning. It's the number of people who reach out for help that is concerning because it's still relatively low in Asian contexts because I think in Asian contexts, counselling has always been a taboo and I think you've mentioned the word stigma earlier. And I think perhaps building from that point, a reason for people not seeking treatment, it's because they feel that mental illnesses cannot be helped. So what would you think about that, Bobby? I think that, once again, that's really a very big misconception and I think in all honesty, it's really something that is, again, a more Asian context thing because in, at least in Singapore, the mental health journey is rather difficult. You know, you go and see a doctor, you need to get diagnosed and then you can be put on certain medication and then you can actually start your journey to recovery. Whereas I would say prevention is better than cure. You know, you, you don't wait till everything becomes overwhelming and then you end up bald like me. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Thanks for that, Bobby. And I think uh, so now we are clear on some of the common misconceptions towards mental health so that we can take the action to address our own internal biases. And I think something very important as well that we hope listeners would do is to share with your loved ones so that we as a society can become collectively more aware. So Bobby, now we've talked about misconceptions, I'd like to understand how we approach someone with a mental health issue. Well, of course, number one is uh, please reach out for help. And if someone is to confide in you and, you know, share about certain things, number one, don't be judgmental and don't brush it off. And we, we tend to do that a lot, especially it's like, I'm not feeling very good lately. I find it a struggle. It's difficult to get out of it. People tend to brush it off and say, ah, it's just Monday. You know, it's just like any other day. You'll get better. However, I, I would say that if this is something that is causing you to feel, I guess with the recent COVID and everything, the more 
common word used nowadays is burnout. We used to work in the office and suddenly there was a change and you know, we had to work from home. Yeah. You know, and then working from home, we realized that, hey, you know, you're connected to the internet 24-7, your emails, your WhatsApp, your Telegram. So you're constantly working. And for these people who can't draw the line between work and home, it becomes enmeshed together. And because of that, I think globally, they're also trying to push something called work-life balance. This was something that initially in the early 2000s, companies were trying to enforce. Until now, it's, it's something that has to be done because people are working all the time and they're afraid of burnout. So you don't want to reach that stage of burnout. It'll be good to reach out for help if someone is reaching out to you to share. Don't brush it off. Let them know that, hey, you know, maybe it'd be good for you to talk to a professional. Yeah, I agree on that, Bobby. I think this it's really underscores the whole idea that mental health and well-being for all of us, it's a journey and it's a personal journey. So Bobby, in your practice, uh, are there any strategies that you could share that would be able to help build mental resiliency to last this journey? Resiliency. This is a really, really tricky word. You know, everyone throws this word around, but no one actually knows how to apply it. The truth be told, resilience is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. Because one thing I can point out to you, Aaron, is that setbacks and failures, you know, these kind of things, they don't discriminate. It attacks everyone. Everyone faces it sooner or later. And developing the resilience is actually key. A few simple steps to take to be more resilient is to learn from mistakes, develop an awareness of your own aspirations, integrate it to your work and life, and then rejuvenate. This is actually a concept created by Alan Ting. It's A-I-R, hair. Aspirations integrate, rejuvenate. Aspirations integrate, rejuvenate, hair. So I think, I think this is a very good acronym. It's like the air that you breathe, right? So as much as we take it in, we, and it fuels us uh, to last the journey. And I think something that I really appreciate is how you liken this idea of resiliency, right? As a muscle. It's very similar to going to a gym. If you want to build more muscle, going to a gym one or two times, it's not going to be very effective uh, and not have any long-term effect. But of course, likewise to going to a gym, seeing improvements early on does help motivate one to keep going along the journey. So Bobby, are there any short-term tips that you found to be effective to help someone see incremental improvements in our well-being? Well, for that, I would say that a short-term tip really is to be more mindful of your feelings and thoughts and try to practice a little bit more gratitude. Gratitude is the best attitude. And not to forget, liken resilience to muscle. Going to the gym is good. You know, you need to exercise. Different people have different ways of coping with uh, stresses and pressures. Some people go to the gym. Some people go for kickboxing, yoga, pilates. But then again, it's yeah, healthy body, healthy mind. You know, when you work out, it also helps you feel good. Yeah, I think the idea of the gratitude is the best attitude. I think that is definitely one key takeaway because being mindful of how we're feeling, what we're doing, and just being grateful that, hey, look, we have this chance to do it. I think that's a very important mindset to have. Now, so, so Bobby, um, for all listeners there who have a mental health condition or have a loved one who has it, what are important things to note as the path to recovery may take longer? Well, for that being said, there's no hard and fast rule for the path to recovery. 
but it's also having this kind of support structures to help them take the first step. That's also very important. For those who are actually caregivers, it's important to know that you as a caregiver need to take care of yourself as well. And I guess an example I can put out would be, hey, Aaron, how often do you charge your smartphone or your laptop? Oh, I'm constantly charging it. Oh, especially when it runs to like 50%, I'm dare to charge it. So what if you don't charge it? What would happen? If I don't charge it, well, it would go flat and I will not be able to use um, the device. And these devices are important to us for our work. But I'll put it to you this way. How often do you recharge yourself? You know, uh, in AIR, R is for rejuvenate. We need to learn to recharge. And, you know, if it does become overwhelming, it's also important to reach out to a professional. Mm. And I think something that you shared earlier as well is that it's beyond this reactive approach to mental health. We should take a preventive approach and that is taking time to recharge or perhaps even going to see a mental health professional before there's an issue just to sort through things, just to find ourselves and find out some different perspectives on some of the issues that we're facing on a day-to-day basis. Before we end off, can I just understand is what are some recommended uh, resources that one may look at in order to delve deeper into this important topic? Well, since we're talking about World Mental Health Day, um, off the top of my head, I would like to share that I'm actually a member of the Singapore Association for Counselling. So in Singapore, we do take mental health very seriously. We are trying to help as many people as we can. However, like I've mentioned to you at the start, you know, there's always this um, stigma about counselling and psychology. You know, people tend to think it's only for people with issues. And by the time it becomes an issue, usually it's too late. Not that it's too late for help, but it can be, I guess, if I had to put it in context, you don't want to be so stressed up until you end up with a hairstyle like me. Yes, so I think that's an important thing. And I believe that for a lot of um, governments around the world, there are associations and affiliates to help bring greater awareness of this important topic to their people. In fact, earlier this year, the World Health Organization had released its World Mental Health Report titled Transforming Mental Health for All on its website. I highly recommend all listeners to read through it as the report does share why and where change is most needed and how it can be best achieved. That's all the time we have for this topic. Once again, thank you, Bobby, for your insightful sharing on this very important topic. We really hope that you've enjoyed this conversation and we look forward to you joining us again at our next podcast. Until then, take care and goodbye. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.